Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fintech Findings, the show that makes sure you have your ear to the ground on all things fintech, from banking, lending, and regulations to payments and platforms. Each episode features prominent guests from the industry discussing the challenges and opportunities we face in finance today. Okay, welcome everyone um, to this episode of Fintech Findings, Tink's podcast with some of the leaders in the payments industry. Um, my name is Tom Pope. I am the head of payments and platforms at Tink, and I am delo- uh, joined today by two very special guests. Um, first of all, Mr. Thomas, please, would you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Thomas Ottelund from Postnob Strålfoss. I'm working as a product manager for all our communication where we send files from customers to consumers. Fantastic. And we have Adam here as well, Adam. Yes, thank you. Adam Troymar, working as a product solutions manager at uh, Tink, focusing on our product and uh, offering towards the invoice and bill, man- bill payment uh, industry. Yeah. So this is an episode I have been looking forward to for quite some time because um, Stradforce is one of our one of our most significant customers and are doing something which I think is going to be enormously successful with open banking. So uh Yep, we shall dig into that a bit today. Before we begin, though, um, Thomas, do you want to just kind of tell us a little bit more about Postnord Schalforsch? Um, sure. Know, especially because some of our listeners might not be quite as familiar with the Nordic market as mm. others. Of course. Uh, Stolfos is a Nordic company working with communication, uh, both business to business and business consumer. And we actually uh, print uh, more than 100 million invoices in the Nordic, and we send out more than 350 million invoices. And the way we do it is we take files from our customers and we compose the layout and send it out in many different channels. For instance, digital mailboxes, physical print, as I mentioned, can go as email, SMS, and it can go uh, with uh, functions such as payments. And that's what this subject is today, is uh, how can we handle payments in a better way? Yeah. And so what did you, you know, as you, as you kind of came into learning more about open banking for payments, what were the fundamental challenges that you were looking to address with something like Tink's technology? When we look at um, our um, uh, industry, it's actually quite a lot of old communication ways. Uh, and for instance, the printed invoice is quite stupid. You get a paper yeah. and there is not an easy way to pay it. Uh, what we wanted to do is to make a much better user experience. Uh, and of course, we want to also be able to give our customers different ways for them to collect money mm. and give the consumer different ways for them to select how to pay. Mm. And we looked into the industry and we saw that um, account-to-account payment or bank payments was one way to do it. Uh, we will have several ways, but that was one way to do it in a much, much easier and better way for the customer. Yeah, because I think the um, I'm uh, <laughs> if you can't tell from my voice, I'm from England, and in mm. England, an awful lot of our invoices come with direct debit payments attached. You know, when you when you actually sign up for the service, you also sign up and agree a direct debit mandate. Mm. There are of course quite a few invoices which aren't like that and are paid, but many of them are on direct debit. In the Nordics, is that still the case, or is there a much smaller proportion on those on those levels? That actually depends on the market. Yeah. I mean, the Danish market, it's really a lot of direct debit. In Sweden, there are direct debit in Norway and Finland mm. as well. But there is still a lot of ad hoc invoices sent out mm. that people prefer to pay uh, without direct debit. Yeah. So uh, there is a large market for this. And I think one of the keys for this is also 
uh, what we experienced is that, of course, there are so many different channels to send it out um, when you, it comes to invoices. But now it's also so many ways to pay. Yeah. And we have consumers who want to select the way they pay. They either want to pay with an app, for instance. Uh, we have Swish in Sweden. We have Vips in Norway and mm. Mobile Pay in Denmark and Finland. But they also want to be able to pay directly from their internet bank account. And that's where we found this solution together with Tink, where we can, we can explore that with our customers and develop new solutions that is uh, really top-notch. Okay, I get it. And I would like to add yeah. just <clears throat> a short point on the market comparison, say Nordics, uh, UK perhaps. Uh, some of the transactions that could go, could be paid through invoice in the Nordics, uh, could actually maybe be paid through like check or similar in the UK. Think of your gardener or your cleaner or whatever, your tennis coach. Mm. Could be like one of invoice payments in the Nordics, mm. but perhaps checks uh, in the UK. Or I would guess maybe you don't use checks that much. Uh, uh, my grandmother still sends me a check every yeah. <laughs> so, but it's true even now on uh, pretty much every bill that you receive in the uk there's often a sort of a check a check mm. slip at the mm. bottom of that that you can tear off and detach i don't know who still does it but clearly people do mm-hmm. um yeah and, and you're quite right there's one-time payment use cases you know when your builder comes around and actually at the moment the builder has to give you account details and you have to go into your banking app and type in those details we have to remember to do it mm. for the builder actually you know you don't actually know when the user is going to do that so you might have to follow up and chase you know it becomes quite a cumbersome process that, that collects yeah. cash process exactly it um, could be you get a screenshot yeah. on some bank details in your yeah. whatsapp or mm. text message mm. or something it's yeah. like too cumbersome and very liable to app fraud as we're starting to find out as well when these invoices are distributed over email in the uk we're now getting quite sophisticated scams where fraudsters are intercepting those emails sure. they're changing the bank details you know there's, there's a lot of, lot of scope for insecurity words there. yeah this would replace that okay so that's fantastic so was this a, was this sort of something that your merchants were asking for thomas this is something you kind of came up with and thought hey this is a good idea like how, how did it come about um it's actually in various questions from our customers mm. uh, we also say some of our competitors that is moving into this direction yeah, but we also actually had um, a large survey by one of consulting companies came to us and looked through our business and see what can be the next step for you to develop since you are yeah. handling so many invoices for customers. There are a possibility that you can help customers and consumers to pay in a better way. Yeah, and the way we looked at this is that we actually extending our business towards payment, and what we can do also is to help our customers to digitize their communication. Because by handling the payment, we can also ask questions, how do you want to receive this invoice in the future? Mm. Do you want it as um, a digitized channel through any of the possibilities? Or do you want to keep it on your printed invoice? Or do you want to have it uh, as a direct debit, etc.? So these are possibilities that we, since we have the conversation with the customer in this flow, we can also get communication back to us and to our customer, where they have possibility to select otherwise to communicate. And I guess like you've actually got upsell opportunities here too, you know, because if you've if someone has scanned the QR code and then then kind of into your environment, is that a further channel? Yeah, of course. Potentially, because yeah, uh, yeah. what we also look at is how can we ha- help our customers to communicate? Yeah. For instance, with um, campaigns and things like that. So that will be next step for us is actually to look at okay, because communication in digital channels is not always so helpful for our customers and the consumer might not even open invoice if they have a direct debit or mm. if they have an internet bank payment. But what we want to look at is actually, since we have the conversation with the customer in this 
payment process. Yeah. We can also add some interesting uh, offers and other things that our customers want to communicate towards their consumers. So that's also opened up a new channel for us and a new channel for our customers. Yeah, selective discounts, you know, like you scan here and receive a, you know. Exactly. Or you have this subscription today, you can pay more and you can get more data or whatever. I really like the idea of that, actually, because, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these recurring billing uh, products or services that you buy, if it's energy or, or telco solutions or whatever, uh, the most common interaction point is the payment. Yeah, It's yeah. when you do the payment or do an invoice. If that experience isn't good, mm. and if you as a provider mm. don't use that mm. Uh, mm. Uh, as a communication um, interaction point, mm. then you lose out on a lot of the engagement you could get mm. from your mm. consumer. And there is also one opportunity here actually is to ask the consumer how they want to pay because there is depending on the situation for the consumer do i have money on the account now maybe you want to pay the in the bill immediately or if you know you won't have money until the end of the month then you pay on due date mm-hmm. we, but we also actually develop functions where the consumer can pay how they want they can for instance say i, I pay only third of the amount now i wait for the rest depending on our customers offers that can also be a possibility so we can actually develop the payment to not be an, a specific sum, but also uh, a credit for the customer in the future. And also if they want to m- add things to the payment, for instance, they want to extend their TV channels that they are um, usually have every month. They might want to see uh, the European cap of football for, for a couple of weeks and they can end that. So we can add a lot of possibilities in the invoicing process. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. It's it actually really fits with a theme that we talk quite a lot about at Tink, which is how do you turn payments into a source of competitive advantage? Yes. You know, it's not just about exactly. collecting payment. Of course, we want to do that quickly, efficiently, at the lowest possible point on your cost and things like that. But mm. how do you actually turn that payment interaction into something which becomes a much stickier experience that generates more value for the consumer yes. and more value for the merchant, yes. which is exactly yes. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, nice. What is it about open banking in particular that kind of, I don't know, appeals in a situation like this for someone like you? I think there are uh, several things. One is um, transparency. I mean, you will know what money will be taken from your account because you actually have the transaction in your internet bank. Yep. Another one is security. I mean, it's a well-known ways of payment. It's really secure. Mm-hmm. You know what happens. You know how you control it. And also this possibility to choose. Do I want to pay now or do I want to pay another date or by the end of the month, depending on, of course, what the due date is. But but that's also a possibility for you to select. Yep. Do I want to get rid of this invoice immediately? Yep. Or even if there is a um, customer who actually had, for instance, reminder. And those situations is also important because it's, it's a quick channel out and you can pay quickly mm-hmm. because the due date might be in two days. Otherwise, you will not have your... TV channels yeah. for the next week. <laughs> so, so you, <laughs> yeah. so you, want, you want to be able to, to have a quick payment. And uh, in that case, as we see a huge business in reminders, debt collection, etc. Yeah, okay, got it. Mm. And what, I mean, uh, I'm sort of thinking on my feet here, but Adam, like, are there use cases for open banking in, in kind of this sort of space? Is there anything else? We can yeah, do? yeah, uh, for sure. We, we also see a lot of 
uh, use cases around like enhancing the direct debit, uh, like the legacy direct debit solutions. Uh, for example, how you could use uh, account information services uh, like an account check to validate an account while you sign up to direct debit uh, flow with less manual input and you know, no human errors and, and such. Mm. So there's plenty uh, around that uh, as well, I think. And we keep, we keep seeing more and more use cases pop up as well. And this is not even to mention, uh, I know you had a, an episode around uh, the subject of VRP or, or uh, dynamic recurring payments, DRP across Europe as well, which obviously ties very well into this uh, segment. And uh, there's a lot of use cases within that, of course, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this, this idea that we have data as well as payments mm. and how do you intelligently use that data to both improve the payment or the onboarding or the kind of the setup experience and then potentially kind of de-risk or enhance that subsequent payment is a huge, I think, theme in open banking right now. Mm. And we're seeing mm. lots of interesting hybrid models, right? You might actually use AIS to retrieve some account holder detail data, do a one-time PIS to set up a bill, mm. and then perhaps use direct debit for the subsequent payments. But that yeah. direct debit setup is much more guaranteed because you've done that sure. AIS to start off yeah. with. In time, you can imagine that becoming, yeah, kind of a DRP or VRP, which for those that don't know is a an open banking transaction that is recurring on um, different dates and different amounts. So it's kind of like a more flexible direct debit. Mm. You can imagine the same kind of product, right? Like actually I'm using AIS to retrieve some details. If the consumer's bank supports VLP, great, I can go straight through to VLP. If they don't, I can set up a direct debit. But bundling all that into one product is really the best of all worlds, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to come. But it's, it's great that you guys are moving ahead even with the one-time use case because I think there's still an mm. enormous opportunity for, mm. for one-time invoice payments, as we said. Okay, um, but let's. Uh, you touched on you touched on VLP, touched on DLP. This is obviously an episode focused on uh, <laughs> focus on invoicing. Yeah. But is there anything else kind of coming up that you know you guys see as kind of I don't know, kind of just evidence that we really are at that tipping point for open banking adoption? Because I know there are some examples that, <laughs> you, that we have here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. I'm actually a bit surprised uh, about the subject subject of uh, digital mailboxes. Yeah. Uh, uh, as a, a Nordic person, uh, like having a digital mailbox is as common as like buying your furniture at IKEA or like <laughs> everyone has it and the major players. We use IKEA too in the UK a lot. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, but like the, uh, the major players here being Kira, Airbox, uh, around. And I'm, I, I have yet to see actually, like uh, on the tipping point, what could actually make uh, um, the open banking uh, take even uh, wider footprint within the invoice payment industry would be to to actually see more of this digital mailbox like uh, receivable invoice aggregators uh, uh, pop up in, in some of this we have seen uh, pretty like, pretty like um, uh, smaller use cases for this you could have mm. an app that uh, gathers your credit card uh, statements or an app that gathers your healthcare invoices but mm. other than the Nordics we have yet to see uh, uh, some kind of super app that actually uh, gathers all your invoices and communication. Uh, so uh, in my opinion, the wallets, the money managers, these super apps, uh, they need to step up to, to actually grab this uh, opportunity because they have the users. Sounds mm. like we now know what you're gonna do when you leave Tink, Adam, one day. <laughs> if we ever let you leave. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Very good. All right, um, that was super interesting. Um, just to round things off, I'm gonna ask you, that's just a just a slightly awkward question. 
It's going to be what do you see as the most uh, the most exciting payments innovation yet to come? Thomas, we'll start with you. Well, what we look at now is actually to have a pay bill checkout. Uh, like you have for e-commerce, it's very common that you have a full display of functionality and possibilities when you mm. check out and pay your, your bill for an e-commerce uh, purchase. But we want to do the same with, with the billing uh, process. So when you get an ad hoc bill or a monthly bill, we will extend that to be a more of an experience for you as a consumer where you can select the, how you want to pay. You can have maybe some... Uh, purchasing possibilities to add things mm. to your your uh, what you have bought uh, you have some good advertising from the sending company yeah you have possibilities to select how you pay and when you pay yep uh, and how much you pay that kind of uh, conversation thing you yeah, were talking about earlier yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so i think that for us the next step would be to add more different payment options in mm. this checkout but you also have a pay bill checkout is something on the, the market that hasn't been talked about before you have an e-commerce checkout, but yeah. just for the pay bill process. I mean, we work with many or, or most of the large companies in Nordic uh, sending out bills, and they haven't really got that um, term, turning point where you can actually communicate in a good way to the customers digitally. Yeah. But by doing this, we hope we be able to do it. Yeah. Okay. And I, I really like that mm. comparison to e-commerce uh, checkouts, actually. Because if you think about it, every payment that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, everything is so easy. You can just tap your phone or you can just like, everything is automatic mm. except these one-time uh, payments, mm. yeah. one-time invoices payments. It yeah. could be a screenshot in your WhatsApp. It could be a paper ending yeah. up in, in your, on your uh, apartment floor. Like it's so yeah. cumbersome. So yeah. I think yeah. it's yeah. it's not that compl complicated really. It's all about bringing the invoice payment to 2023. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Nice. Very good. Okay. Marvelous. Okay. Um, well, uh, I I don't know what we're allowed to announce, but will we will will consumers in the Nordics be seeing uh, some sort of pay by bank functionality on their invoices anytime soon, Thomas? We actually just now launching it on a wide scale in Sweden and Norway, yep. and we're looking at uh, Finland and Denmark as a next step. Excellent. So uh, it's coming now. Good. Excellent. Well, we are so excited. Thank you again um, for, for the time. You've been, you, you guys are truly great partner to us. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to doing great things with you guys in the Nordics and then hopefully beyond. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you again, Adam, as well. Um, thank and you. thank you, you guys, for, for listening. Thank you very much. That wraps up this episode of FinTech Findings. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again next time to find out more about the developments in the fintech space. If you want to be notified about upcoming episodes, follow us on LinkedIn.